0: Hello and welcome back to the Champ podcast. We've had a little break and we're back, of course, for the Yorkshire Ebor preview and joined by Mr. Ronan Groom of the Irish Field and Mr. Mike Vince as well um, from SIS. So, guys, uh, a fantastic week, I suppose, so far. Mike, any highlights? What
1: are well, you going to say? I've been I've been banging this name Matthew, you all year, but i mean, love. Is just at the top of everybody's list. It was a, an imperious performance, every bit as good as Gaeth on day one. But she's a, she's a special feeling. I talked to Aidan O'Brien after the race and she, he actually thought she was one of the best that has come through his hands. And that's quite an accolade from Aidan. Um, and I think all we can do now is pray because we all know first Saturday in October, it can be glorious in Paris or it can be absolutely filthy. We don't want bottomless ground. Any
0: of them on a bottomless crowd, running Groom, how would you see? I suppose I know we're here to preview York, but what, how would you see uh Paris going?
2: Yeah, I'm I mean, Enable can't run scared in in Paris, so uh, looking forward to that. I think uh, very disappointing that they they decided to dodge that race today. I thought she loved it, was just left to do uh, what she had to do, and she did it well. She didn't really tell us any more than we know already but she's uh, obviously a top class filly and top class fillies always go well in the arc because they have quite a a big weight concession that seems to tell at that time of the year um, so she deserves to be well she's pretty short in the market now considering what gaiath done on um earlier in the week on wednesday as well so yeah it's also look it's a lot to look forward to but uh, love definitely deserves her uh, her place at the top of the arc market at the moment I think just love, love Gaff. We'll have to
0: see, of course, how that all plays out. But here, I suppose, first of all, Mike, you caught up with with Jim Crowley, of course, who rides last year's Nuntarp favorite, and we're going to look at Friday first, of course. That's the big Group One on on Friday, the Nuntarp. You caught up with Jim Crowley. Let's have a, a quick listen to see what Jim had to say about Patash. It.
3: it would have been perfect. It hit a bounced off it, and uh, look, he, he's one on good to soft, so that's not a problem. Um you know it just makes it easier carrying that top weight um you know he's got plenty of weight obviously we, we've got an extra three pound this all the horses have an extra three pound this year because of the no sauna rule with the COVID-19 so you know he, he's, he's got an extra three pound on top of what he carries as, along with all the other horses um
1: a small field does that influence your thinking at all?
3: No not really I, yeah, um, you know you, you're running against roughly the same horses obviously there's ornate in the race who, who likes to um, I was pleased to see ornate in the race to be fair because he's a fast horse and he gave us a lovely toe last year um look there's probably three horses to beat in the field you've got art power who who will relish soft ground. I'm not sure al Ali has done enough to warrant to be worried about um he could he, you know you've always got to respect them they've still got on the on the form book they've still got plenty to find he's still sort of 10 pound clear of them so you know they're the
1: ones who've got to step up to it as well was the reason you're pleased about ornate because of the fact that you know there will be something up front alongside you
3: yeah exactly I mean look like like we were saying earlier he's had to do the donkey work twice this year now pretty much and I think it's it it would be nice to get a toe you know slipstream something for a furlong and and or just get a lead or something so he, he seems to be about the only one recently in the last few years to be able to sort of lead him for a furlong, you know.
1: And would it be Which more would... special because this would complete the three Ascot, Goodwood, and York? It'd be a terrific hat trick,
3: yeah, without a doubt. I mean, look, it's these sprinters, as you see year in, year out, they, they normally take it in turns, and it's very hard to find a sprinter who's who's dominant. Um, and you know, this fellow has been fairly dominant now for the last few years, so it'd be lovely to do it again.
0: Mike, do you think us? suppose our power, I mean he he's no mug and he has a string of ones beside his name. Do you think he can he can at least enter the mixer?
1: Yeah, and he's a 3-year-old of course, but I mean I still stick in the back of my mind what was it about um uh, an hour and a half apart wasn't it at Royal Alaska on the first day when Art Power won the three-year-old handicap, which opened the meeting, which was the ex- one of the extra races they bunged in to give horses more opportunities. That was a handicap. And then um, uh, Batash st- uh, strategy stuff in Group 1. And now here they are. There's only two pounds between them. Um, they used to be Yada in, in Great Nick. But, you know, uh, and Batash doesn't have the potential problem of the crowd. I can't have Ali. I don't think he's good enough. Um, I just think if there is gonna be a, a surprise, then you could do a lot worse than than look at the the Kevin Ryan horse, Emratiana. And the only reason I say that is because look at the the depth of the Ryan Sprinters. They wouldn't be running this horse in a group one if they didn't think he got a squeak of of place money. And if you don't need Batasha win, I think Batasha will win. You've got to find the second, and I'd rather have Emratiana than Art Powder chase him home.
0: And did you give Jim Crowley, I suppose, a, a pat on the shoulder? For that Roy Lascott for top jockey 25 to 1, Mike Vince.
1: Yeah, well, don't, S- don't, don't, because there you know, we get to, to day two at York, and what wins the big handicap? The grey that was second in the Hunt Cup. If he'd have won the Hunt Cup, then 25 to 1 would have been all mine. <laughs>
0: Ronan Groom, have you any outside selection, any dirty each-way players here against, of course, Patash is 4-9, to nine, uh, just for the listeners. Our power, 3-1, to A.A. A. Ali. I've been calling him A.A. Ali. He actually was my nap a couple of weeks ago um, for the, when he won at the Cura. He's 8-1, to Mossgill, 28-1. to one. Is there anything at an outside price, Ronan, that, that you would... I mean, we're, we're going to have the eight runners, it looks like.
2: Yeah, I, I don't really see the price difference. Why the price difference is so big uh, between our power and... A. Ali. As I said, it was quite impressive at the current there, A. Alley. Um so Pair and A. Ali are both three year olds and both came over to win good Irish races on their on their last starts. Like a lot of good British sprinters often do. They come over when we don't seem to be as strong in that department. But A. Alley went and beat Make a challenge and he was only getting four pounds off him there. Um as a, as a three-year-old, like, usually, you know, you'd expect sometimes three-year-olds get a bit more weight. But as it worked out, a. Ali had won the, uh, the sand there race, um. race. So, I was only getting four pounds off to make a challenge. And I thought, like, he beat him quite comfortably there. Like, he started off a bit slow and, and kind of had to work his way through the race. And he really hit the line hard for Colin Keane. I just didn't see why there's only £2 in the difference between them in ratings, R-Power and A-Ali. I didn't see why R-Power was so shorter in the betting. So, if you did want one each way, 8-1 uh, to one about A-Ali with, with the dead 8 here seems like a, a fairly good bet. One at a bigger price again, a huge price, I think, uh, is Ornate, who Ushery Murphy's going to run. Like He's, he's ran third to Batash twice in the King George at huge prices. He seems to be that type of horse who will just run uh you know, it might sometimes it suits him these smaller fields he can get out in front and he, he could stay on for a place and just the way the race pans out, I wouldn't be surprised if he hit the frame again at a huge price. Uh but Tash I always just think it's look he, everyone raves about him and obviously he looks sensational when he's on his day, but he's only one three group once for all his dominance. He's six now. You know, he's not like the likes of Stradivarius and Enable, who've won these multiple big number Group Ones, because he just does does have a you know the odd day where he, he he just doesn't fancy it or something upsets him, and as Mike said, there's no crowd there, so that helps in that regard. Um, and you would expect him to win. He's 7 2 with Paddy Power to to break the track record. I don't know if the ground's going to be fast enough. No way. Uh, no way. To do that. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a price or anything. I just think it's interesting that it's another angle people might look to have a bet on this race. But uh, yeah, I don't think uh, uh, does
1: Ornate does doesn't get the trip, does he? What? Doesn't get the trip? No. If it was four furlongs, you'd be back in all, yeah. all day long, would
2: <laughs> true that yeah the way he blasts off in front but uh yeah i'm not sure I, like i i just think it's worth he's not he's not one i'd plow into at odds on but hash uh he just seems to have that even last year he, he flopped when he went over to uh to longchamp and, and didn't run his race there i just think often he he will just run a clang or whatever like that so he just not one one wouldn't be one i'd be hanging the hat on at odds on but looking forward to seeing him again anyway
0: This is Andrew Blair-White's preview of of day four of the York Festival. Just uh, come up on my screen, a plug for the Blair-White blog. Andrew, we'll be having you back on the podcast pretty soon, I'm sure. Uh, An hour earlier, of course, on Friday, 2.15 at York, the Lonsdale Cup, Um, the Lonsdale Cup stakes. No Stradivarius, of course, which may leave an opportunity for one here. Um, Jim Crowley, of course, and Hamdam Al Maktoum. Have the leading fancy again here. Well, he's a favorite, two to one favorite. N en- N Um show of betting. I'll give it to you now, guys. So it is N Bihar, fifteen to eight. Dashing Willoughby, three to one. Neafro, and of course, an all favorite of yours, Mike Vince, uh, three to one. Eagles by day, eight to one. Withhold twelve to one. Stratham for Willie Mullins, and Jason Watson is is booked for the ride there, twenty to one. And who dares wins, twenty eight to one. Who wins it, Mike?
1: This is the AGM of the Stradivarius Avoidance Society, isn't it? <laughs> um, you would love to see naf Road win because he's suffering from seconditis. Because, of course, not only did they have Naeaf Road, but before that they had DXB, the Johnston team, and who, who was a perennial second to the to the uh, Gosden beast. There's a lot to like about it. I talked to Jim about um, NB Hardy. and he thinks this trip is right up his street. I will chance dashing Willoughby against it. Because I actually liked his, liked his win. He's two from two. Um, and I, the, the only slight thing is we, we're just hoping the weather forecast is accurate, which is no more rain. Very strong win. I think Dashing Willoughby is better value than NBH um, in, a, in a race with a small field. Who's going to make the running withhold? Dashing Willoughby for me, just.
0: Roderick Groom, Tots, on the Lansdale Cupsticks.
2: Um. Yeah, I think naef Road is, is is a bit underestimated here. Um if you if you're taking the form this season and you, you take M. Behar's form, um, all she's really done is won that Lily Langtree stakes and fair enough, she's won and she liked but she's only beaten one runner that day. The the O'Brien Philly Snow uh ran no sort of race at all with beating ten lengths. There's only three runners. Compare that to Naf Road, who's you know, he's finished second in the in the Ascot Gold Cup. And then he's finished second at Goodwood to Stradivarius and beat San Diego or Santiago, the Irish Derby winner, and conceded him a fair amount of weight at that as well. I th- I think that's much more solid book of form compared to Embehar. Um, on this season alone, I know Embehar has some pieces of form last season that that look good. Dashing Willoughby, I do give a chance to as well. I think he's progressive over this trip and he has a bit of scope, a bit more scope to improve over two miles, but. Néa Frold, I, I thought should be favourite on what he's done this season, and uh, as uh, Mike said, I think he deserves to win a pot like this. Um, having finished second to Stradivarius twice now in in Group Ones, uh, well, uh, the Goodwood Cup as well as a Group One. So uh, yeah, I, I, Néa Frode would be a, a a selection for me. I
0: agree with that, Ronan Groom. I think three to one. I think uh, possibly should be shorter to shorter. Shorter than that, or, or maybe disputing favoritism. Three forty, lads, the big one. The Skybet Ebor handicap on the Saturday. Um, give you a quick show of betting here. Uh, Fajera Prince is eleven to two. Pablo Escobar thirteen to two. Trushan for Alan King fifteen to two. Monica Sheriff seventy to two. True self for Willie Mullins nine to one. Bit of support for that one. Deja for Peter Chapelheim is twelve to one. Pandas twelve to one. And it's fourteen to one bar the rest. The Ebor, running groom. The Irish have taken five of the last ten runnings. Thoughts on this this year? Can we can we take it home this year?
2: Yeah, we got we got a uh, two two good chances. True self ran well in the race last year, and and you got to think uh, Willie's Willie Mullins has had this race in mind for all season, and uh, the the plan has just been to deliver her back here, given the prize money, um, and. Um, i'm pretty sure if you win the ebor you have some sort of barrier free entry to the melbourne cup i had to check that qualifying criteria and uh, there's better news on the melbourne cup uh, participation for european runners today because i think they've made a few exemptions down in australia um so there will be some horses travelling down or they have allowed for that to happen uh, with the australian authorities or whatever um so that that would be interesting to see how that develops i kind of for just for the laugh i kind of want to see deja Win this race because I just think it'll be interesting what how they'll kind of handle that stuff. I'm not even sure what Phoenix Tarbers are doing. Obviously, all the controversy that uh, last season, last week developed, and they said they're pulling out of of Britain with immediate effect. Yet they're still having runners at, at York this week. And uh, I don't know. I, I think they kind of just leaving horses in here just to uh, have a laugh or, or whatever, or they kind of take all the money and and. And, and be gone or whatever, but uh, it'd be interesting how they'd handle it on TV on ITV or whatever if Deja did win. Uh, I'm not sure if there's going to be anyone there from Phoenix Harbors, but um, he has a chance at twelve to one. At uh, one, I the one I liked uh, was uh, Monica Sheriff. I think if the ground came up anyway soft, she'd be very very interesting um, and the the Irish runner Joseph's runner this is is very interesting as well the other Irish runner um he, he is owned by Lloyd Williams and uh, strong form this season at Leopardstown you got to think that the Melbourne Cup is uh, on that agenda <coughs> as well uh, Fugera Prince is his favourite here top in the market I just think the form of his last race at Ascot although it looked pretty impressive and he has York form and he ha- he's unexposed and he looks like the right favourite to me. I just thought his form uh, of that race at Ascot, another one of those races that they made up at Royal Ascot this season. Just it wasn't that strong. I think the second, third, and fourth have all been kind of well held since. Uh, and and the one that we kind of came down in then. Sorry, I'm going on about here. But Verdana Blue uh, for Nikki Henderson, who's booked Ryan Moore. Yeah, uh, all the jumps, the jumps fans will know Verdana Blue. She's she's a high class mayor over hurdles, but she hasn't had that many goals on the flat. Uh, she's second in the Ascot, in the Ascot Stakes. Uh, I, uh, that was over two and a half miles, and I think, given her form on over hurdles, her best form obviously is is on is is uh, over two miles. Coming back and trip has got to suit her. Uh, she looks to be on a decent mark, a hundred and two, like a workable mark. And as I said, she's unexposed on the flat, so uh, I think she was around the the fourteen to one mark. That that, that seemed quite fair to me. Vernana uh, Blue for for Nikki Henderson.
0: You've taken. My most bullish sales pitch of the whole podcast: Running groom in Verdana Blue. I
2: knew you. I knew you tipped the jumps. The
0: jumps. <clears throat> it's it's. I, I like a horse kind of coming back in trip uh, for the Ebor. I suppose rather than a horse maybe going up and trip and maybe has a bit of stamina to prove. I think yeah. No, I, I I do agree with you. Her mark looks looks pretty fair. She went up two pounds. And would you agree? Like I suppose even though the ground the last day running was was uh, at, at Ascot on Verdana Blue's last start was. Was officially good, but I would have said it was probably on the softer side of good. I remember conditions conditions that week. Um, I think it rode pretty slow. Mike, you might you might have an opinion on that. So I think um, you know, she she it's 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 she hasn't she hasn't ran in sixty seven days. Obviously, that wouldn't be a concern coming from Nicky Henderson. Ryan Moore is booked. All the indications say that you know um she takes a lot of the boxes for the race. Mike, would you have? Have thoughts on, on Verdana, Blue in particular, and, and then maybe give us your selection for Ebor. Yeah, she wouldn't want any more rain,
1: though, I don't think. Well, let, that would well, let, be my yeah. initial reaction. There yeah, is no but, rain because I mean, the stats here, if you fancy the favourite, are simply horrible. Only one favourite since 1999. And since that, which was Purple Moon for Jamie Spencer and Luca in 2007, only one horse at a single-figure SP has won it. This of yeah. course was the, the, the embrace where we first, the world first heard of Ushin Murphy when he won on Litigant at any price you like. I'm I'm going to take a total chance here. I, I I love what Ronan says about the top horse here, at uh, Deja. But the trouble is uh, Stall Twenty Three. I don't know what Room Fifteen in the Holiday in his light, like, but I think the jockey's going to find out. You can't be drawn wider if you tried. One that's been off the track for a very long time. I will chance here each way Monica Sheriff and the reason is that she's proven in the ground she will get the trip and WJ Haggis loves of course uh, Yorkshire loves to try and do it and this is one that has avoided him he's never won the Evo, they've gone straight to the Evo. he won five in a row at the back end of last season chance him each way in an absolute minefield of an e-ball. But yeah, when you look at Alan King, Willie Mullins and Nicky Henderson, don't the jump trainers ever go on their holidays?
0: From, I was going to say, Mike, from, from this side of the water and one that's never been to York, what's, what is it about York? What's the, what's the unique selling point about York Racecourse? Well,
1: it's where they hung Dick Turpin all those years ago. They got an all ticket crowd <laughs> that day. How they love a few people like that. Mm. And the reason is that they, you go to York and, and I always find that the crowd at York are the most knowledgeable, passionate, and respectful crowd in racing. Everybody goes for a day out at York. They're not interested in coat in things like that, and and the knowledge and 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 it is such a good-natured crowd. They've got a top-class track. They tick all the right boxes. I'm just so sad I'm not there this week because it's my favourite four days of the year, probably on the flat if I'm being honest. Um. But it said this e you, you've got to go back through it. I actually wrote a, a piece for the race card. Since 2000, no trainer has won it more than once. And only one jockey, namely Mr. Spencer, has won it more than once. Gives you some idea of how open it is, doesn't it?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, they're wonderful people, and hopefully everybody will be back next year. But I'll take a chance on that each way for William Haggis. He's never won it, and he would be. He would it would crown his year if Monica Sheriff can come up with the goods. Although she is drawn in 21,
0: brilliant stuff, Monica Sheriff for Mike Vince, Ronan Groom, and myself agree for once. For Anna Blue at, at 12 to 1. I think Ronan Ronan might have saw 14 to 1 somewhere. Um, that's Anna Blue for, for Nikki Henderson. So, um, yes, lads, coming on three o'clock. We'll go back in time again on, on Saturday. Um which is the City of York stakes, a group two for three year olds and over seven furlongs. One master is the I mean seven to four favoured now. It was impressive last time. Is he is that wordy in your eyes, Ronan?
2: Yeah, um you've made the mistake. I've I've made plenty of times with one master, and assuming that it's a it's a it's a Colts kind of name, but it's a, a Philly one master. and, and an yeah, thing. she uh, she is uh, I think they found the key to her and not trying to stretch her or bring her back and trip now and just stick to the seven furlong races. Unfortunately, in her case, uh, there is no seven furlong uh, group one in Britain. Um, um, She was good in the oak tree stakes at Goodwood last time. I think she kind of came through there and uh, came through traffic and won and probably won with a bit more in hand. And it's all about the Prix de la Forêt for her, which is the seven furlong group one on on the ARC day. She's won the last two times. Um, She's a worthy favorite here because she's joint top rated in the race and she gets three pounds sex allowance. Um, If you wanted to take her on, I think out of the two uh, next in the betting, safe voyage and San Donato, I did quite like San Donato coming back to this trip as well. Uh, He ran quite freely in the Sussex uh, which was obviously a brilliant race with Mohatter and all those good three year olds and Circus Maximus was second obviously as well. He ran too freely there. and uh, most of his good form last season was over six furlongs. So coming back and trip I think could suit him, especially if he's going to run freely. Uh and I you're looking at, at my really notes well.
0: running, are you? You're looking at my notes. Ran a blinder on comeback, step back and trip uh to suit seven furlongs. That yeah. is Sand out. He'd been off for quite a while actually as well before his reappearance. So
2: yeah, uh, so yeah, I just thought that that was interesting for him that he's come back in key. I do think one master will be difficult to beat. Um, uh, Not a race I'd be probably getting involved in betting-wise. I, I do like one master. She's, she's a very good filly, uh, consistent, and I think this is her trip. So I think it's her race to lose.
0: Mike Vince, I like Sandinato as well. I thought 5-1 to one looked more than fair. Did you think there was any value to be had here?
1: Yes, possibly. in One in a second. Just to mention, though, if you're punting on Saturday, watch your bets because we've got Escobar in this race and, of course, we've got Pablo Escobar in the Ebor. So watch your Escobars. Don't want to go down because you got the wrong Escobar. <laughs> um, interesting here for me, um, <clears throat> that's this eight-horse, Queen Jojo. If this was over six furlongs, I think she would be a massive price. And um, She won the summer stakes from a big field, came with a terrific run. Sam James wrote it that day. But because there's a of logistics interest, uh, Mr. Tato takes over unproven over seven since her two year old days. Um, But if this was over six, she was second in the Cecil Frail. She won the Kilvington at Nottingham. I think 16s or even 20s is a monster price each way Uh, should light the ground. But as I said, the unknown is the seventh furlong. If this was six furlongs, I might even be tempted.
0: Interesting stuff. Well, we, we come back across to Ireland on Saturday for the the Curra. Um, good action here for the two-year-olds, running groom, the deputant for the fillies and the maturity stakes, of course, both over seven furlongs. What did you fancy, I suppose, in either race at the Curra.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, two really good races, Barry, the debutante and the futurity. The debutante, obviously, leading into the Moyglare Stud Stakes and the futurity leading into the Vincent de Bruyne National Stakes, which are the two big group ones for juveniles on Irish Champions Weekend. Um, they priced them up already, and uh, I, I I just thought uh, they might go with Shale as favourite for the debutante, and I was kind of hoping that they would go that way because I thought Mala... It uh, was very good for Jim Bulger and Kevin Manning at Galway uh, when last seen. Uh, I thought she, she obviously, you know, if you go back and watch that race, she uh, it doesn't take a genius to send. She was much better than all the rest of them. Uh, she came right clear that day. That was her fourth start. Her earlier form was quite good. She was uh, second to Vafortino, who, who's ran well since in, in in good company. And I think the penny dropped with her in the last time she won that uh, maiden. I'm pretty sure Hermosa won two or three, two seasons ago now. Um, and I think she will take all the beating in the debutante, uh, in the, uh, the futurity stakes, really, really excited about seeing Cadillac again. Um, I spoke to Gary O'Gorman, uh, Irish flat handicapper last week, and um, just, we did a kind of review of the season so far and just got his opinion on all the maiden winners. And he said, by far, this was the one he was most impressed with, uh, anyone, uh, Anyone just if they're looking at this race should definitely go and, and watch that his uh, his debut at um, Leopardstown, uh, the the horse that I think that was taking him on a Paddy Toomey horse Abico Eb, Eb, kind of just came around him. and Shane Foley uh, was going so well he, he could kind of just pull him in behind him had the time to take him around and then he still won by nine lengths absolutely uh, roasted them home uh, I think. Cadillac could be a, a potential superstar and I think it's 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 interesting that he's owned by the Alpha Racing Club, which is essentially a buy to sell operation for Jessica Harrington Um, they basically signed a lot of people up to a big syndicate that would buy all know, like uh, 10 or 12 horses and with the idea to sell them on. It's very interesting that they've held on to Cadillac because they t- po- presumably because they think that he, he can enhance his value. Uh, here in the Futurity. I'm sure they would have got any amount of big offers after he won at Leopardstown. So uh, Cadillac there in the Futurity. And another one at the Curra. Uh, I can see going very well, is one for Paddy Toomey in the Phillies Handicap there, Redline Alexander. I like the way he did it, uh, or um, she did it at Ruscommon. Um I think it was, it was either Common or Ballon Robe last day, one with a bit in hand. Could see uh, her going very well uh, for Paddy Toomey, who's obviously having a a really really good year. So Redline Alexander, I think that's in the Phillies handicap at uh, four fifteen.
0: Interesting rolling, yeah. Definitely Cadillac was 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 one that caught my eye. Obviously, it caught everyone's eye at Leopardstown. But it, I think even going forward into next year, it'd be interesting to see. Will this be? you know will he have another run after this or will you know will they put him away provided he was to go and win here 13 to 8 um, they'll
2: prob- probably go for the, the national stakes this <coughs> is said there the, this is the the winners of this race usually go on to Irish Champions weekend for the national stakes it's over the same course and distance so that's that's probably the route they take I would
0: probably probably the plan yeah definitely given his pedigree as well, you know, if he was to continue to progress. You might be looking at him maybe as a potential guineas horse for next year. Uh, Cadillac by, of course, Lope de Vega as well. So Jessica Harrington's having good luck with that sire. Mike Vince, anything in the debutante for charity or elsewhere at the Curragh that I suppose you were interested in on Saturday?
1: I was presenting for SIS when Cadillac won. And I don't remember any kind of race of that sort at Leopardstown. Where you're looking for second, a full and a half out. It was hugely impressive. Yeah, Some it's only a maiden that you can get carried away. But if that horse goes and produces anything similar to that performance, then that's the end of that. That is game over. Um, the debutant, I, I just can't work this out at all. Uh, I like Miala Goy, but the $64,000 question in saying I've put this in the bin mark far too difficult is the rain. How much rain's been around? Because I know parts of Ireland uh, have yeah. and will get between now and Saturday uh, an awful lot of the wet stuff because there's this, uh, Star this melon. storm melon. And soft ground could have this put straight in the uh, proverbial dustbin. All I would say is on the basis of what I've seen, I'd rather be with Wayne Lorden and Snowfall than Shamie Heffernan and Mother Earth of the Aidan O'Brien squad. But... I wouldn't be playing too late here. Let's first all we'll see what the ground is like by Saturday.
0: Interesting. Mike, we'll stay with you. Coming on to Sunday, there's group action at Nace and Sandown. Anything across either card catch your eye?
1: Um, it's a question of what's going to turn up. And to some extent, the two year old races at Sandown, the, the Solario, some of it is going to depend on what ends up at uh, Deauville. And Dover, of course, has been a right squelchathon for the last couple of weeks. They certainly had enough water. I think they're probably trying to do a swap with the British, do a trade deal with the Brits to get rid of some of it. But if a horse called Fever Over, a Richard Farhese, turns up in the Solario at Sandown on Sunday, I think he'll go very close. I really liked him on debut. I think Ben Curtis is likely to ride him. And I think he's got a huge chance if he turns up there, but he may go to France. As far as the Irish card is concerned, I mean, it's a very good card at Nace. Nace, it really continues to, to catch the eye for the quality of its cards. Um, but they're running this Group 3 Stanera over a mile and six. And then we've got the Ballyhane Stakes, which is big money. But there are three Brits in it, but what on is going to get in the race? And a mile and six around Nace, particularly if the ground is easy. Again, we don't know till tomorrow what's going to turn up. But if Rafe Beckett were to send a horse called Hereby over, I'd be very interested in it. But again, I've got to say, I find it difficult to call the Irish action this weekend until we know what, uh, whether the Almighty and the Plumber have settled the differences.
0: Lord of Groom, Naysan Sunday, anything for you?
2: Yeah, uh, it's a bit more difficult on on Sunday, Barry. Um, obviously, they've de- declared for the Ballyhane Stakes uh, already. Um, this is a new race for um, the two-year-old median auction-bought horses. Uh, it's a nice initiative uh, put up by Joe Foley and Ballyhane. It's three hundred and twenty grand. I know where you're going uh, with this one race. Hmm? I know where
0: you're going with this one. But go on. Is it a local?
2: You know where going. Is it I've no, I've no, I've no, I've no, no real opinion on the race to be honest. But. Uh, I was just trying to make the point that it's a very good initiative from uh, Ballyhane to put up this sort of prize money. Um, uh, it's, it's interesting as well. The British runner, Devious Company, ran today, ran second in the big sales race today is in there. I wonder will they run that again? Uh, you'd imagine not, but they had to declare it today because it's 72 hour declarations. Um, so that would be interesting to see what happens. Uh, earlier on in the card, in the, uh, the uh, the group three there I did like uh, and, uh, sorry it's later on in the card I did like Castaza uh, for Dermot Well I think she's a real progressive uh, type of filly and did well to win Goran Goran on, on her first start of the season so um, if she's declared I think she'll take off, off a lot awful lot of beating
0: Mike Vince best bets of the weekend Nap and MB fire away, you've you've had That's some good sure. success with this. you've had Putting
1: some good right success right on the spot aren't you. Um, I've got to go Cadillac. Very un- um, I'll go Cadillac. And I will also go Queen Jojo each way in the three o'clock, which is that group two uh, at York on Saturday.
0: Mike, I'm, I'm in agreement. My nap of the weekend, Cadillac, 13 to 8, I think still value there. Uh, looked absolutely like a, like a bit of a monster at Leopardstown. Uh, Verdana Blue as well, I think is good value. Uh, I'll, I'll put that in as the NB running groom napa and NB at the weekend.
2: Yeah, napa I'll go um, the Lonsdale Cup tomorrow. I think uh, NAF Road is is a is a fair price at around three to one. I think you might be able to get seven to two in certain places as well. I think that's pretty good value. Um, next best might as well have a have a crack at the uh, the Ebor. I think for Dana Blue at around the fourteen to one mark is 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 decent value, and you you probably get good each way terms on Saturday morning. Uh, so if you got fourteen to one with maybe top five or top six, that'd seem a fair fair good fair bet to me.
0: Brilliant stuff. Well let's hope we can have some look on what did they call it? The Nailsmeyer, is it Mike? The Nailsmeyer?
2: Yes.
1: Um loved by many and hated by only one. Dick Turpin. Turpin.
0: <laughs> you and Dick Turpin wouldn't have got along. Um yes I you sold that... more
1: tickets than I ever did. <laughs>
0: with uh, something else there I wanted to say. But lads, listen that that concludes the the Chantity podcast uh, for this week. That was it, Mike. I was hoping that Star Mella might stay away from you, um, give you a bit of peace this weekend. But that concludes this week's podcast. We'll be back next week. Make sure you like, subscribe, and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well for more of this content every Thursday coming your way. Thanks very much, lads.